Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 1, how marriage was God's idea, not man's idea, and how God will only let sinful man pervert his covenant of marriage for so long. You can download this message for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also download it and listen to it for free on iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, as we've mentioned before in previous broadcasts, Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries has a Jewish evangelism outreach that's going on this summer called the Summer Blitz. Now, if you'd like to support this evangelism outreach ministry to the Jewish people in cities like Los Angeles, Baltimore, Brooklyn, where we go door-to-door and street-to-street and person-to-person, finding Jewish people in their communities and neighborhoods, whether they're secular, atheist, orthodox, or reformed— trying to reach them with Jewish resources that have and contain the gospel from Tom Cantor and Israel Restoration Ministries. If you'd like to support reaching the lost brethren of the Lord Jesus Christ, Israel, here in America, and also abroad, because Israel Restoration Ministries is around the world where we send out gifts and we have missionaries that we support that uh, take the gospel to the Jewish people. If you'd like to support Israel, especially with all this conflict going on around the world and even here in America, You can do so by helping to support the Summer Blitz and Jewish Evangelism through Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program. To support reaching a Jewish person today with the gospel that Romans 1.16 commands us, you can call us now at 800-247-3051 with your donation of support, 800-247-3051. It'll also get a matching donation towards this radio program, so 800-247-3051. 3051 to donate. Again, 800-247-3051. You can also donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. Just click on the donate button. Again, friendshipwithgod.org. Support this Bible teaching radio program and Jewish evangelism. Donate today, friendshipwithgod.org, or again, 800-247-3051. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, teaching us today on Friendship with God from Genesis chapter 1, how marriage was God's idea, not man's idea, but how God will only let sinful man pervert his covenant of marriage for so long. Trees and plants and animals. He gave them animals to serve them. He gave them a beautiful garden. All these things, gifts, 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 that God gave to Adam. Very important what God did there. Have you ever thought in your life, What has God given to me? You know, with that kind of mentality. Remember when we looked at Luke 16, Luke 16, it says, I'm going to read it to you, 16, 1 through 2. He said also unto his disciple, there was a certain rich man which had a steward. The same was accused unto him that he wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, how is it that I hear this of the give an account of thy stewardship? He says those words. Give an account of thy stewardship. That's Luke 16, 2. You know, have you ever thought that we're going to hear that from God? Each one of us is going to hear that from the Lord Jesus Christ. Those very words, give an account of your stewardship. So what's a good thing to do? Make a list. Make a list of all the things that God has given to us, all the things that he's given to us, and then what am I going to say about that when i got to give an account? Prepare so that you can give a good account. Well, I thought about that, God. As a matter of fact, funny you should ask that because, you know, I wrote it down. And I thought about it, right? 
Because that's a good thing to understand that what we have, we don't deserve, we don't have a right to. It's a gift that's been given to us, spouses included. And you write down exactly how you're using what God has given you for him. Why? Because it says in 2 Corinthians 5.10 that we have to all, every single one of us, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We have to all be there. And every one of us may receive the things done in his body according to what he's done, whether it be good or bad. So all these things were given to Adam as in a stewardship, temporarily. He didn't, temporarily. And he would have to give an account of what he did. Now, so he said, okay, it's not good. So what does it mean it's not good? We already saw, everything, God kept saying everything was good. All of a sudden, something's not good. Well, it's just, what it means when it says it wasn't good that man should dwell alone was it meant that man was not complete yet, Right? I mean, couldn't it have been written that way for verse 7? When, after God had made Adam from the dust, couldn't he say, it's not good that man does not have inner life, and so he breathes into him the breath of life, right? And so he keeps working on him. So he says, okay, now we got him formed, and, he's, and so now we're going to give him inner life and breathe into him. He's not complete, doesn't have the inner life. And now he goes on, he says, okay, he's not complete, so I'm going to have to create the woman. And so when you look at that, that's, that's very interesting because first, man was not complete until man became a temple. That you could call that the importance of the templeship of man. Each one of us sitting in here today, it's important to God that we understand that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We have individual templeship before God. So we need to have temples which are clean, that he doesn't have to come and drive out money changers out of. We need to have temples where the Holy Spirit feels at home and is welcome and where we have friendship and fellowship and meeting with God inside of us, the templeship of the believers. That was the first thing. Well, these two words he describes now that says that man, it wasn't good that man should be alone. And he says the two words. What are the two words in verse 18 that are missing? He needs help. That's the word Azer, Azer, from which we get the word Ezra, which was the name of my stepfather. So the word Azer, so this is a very important word. It's an interesting word. It's a root word, and it means in its root to surround, as in protect, surround. I remember when I used to travel overseas, and, and I'd always travel out to London on a Friday, and so I'd get in place and do my work, and David does that way too, and come back for the next weekend. So I travel out one time, and, and, uh, and I would always give my wife the itinerary hour by hour, where I'm going to be, and she would always write down the, the equivalent times, and then she would be praying for me. And so she, she was helping me, surrounding me with God's protection and prayer. And she was being the azer for me. So on Monday morning, December 12, 1988, I woke up in London, traveled all the weekend from San Diego to get there, and and I had to get the train down to Victoria Station so I could get the other train down to Cardiff, Wales, to go visit some customers. So I leave the hotel at 7 a.m., and my wife is praying for me. It's 11 p.m. in San Diego when I left the hotel, and I catch this taxi. And immediately, we hit heavy traffic. 
And so what am I doing? I'm starting to sweat. I sweat a lot anyways. But any of this time, I was really sweating. And I'm watching my watch here. And I'm saying, oh, no, there's no way I'm going to make it. And I'm really stressed out. And all the while, my wife's praying for me. And so I go running into the train station. And, of course, I miss the train. So I get the next train. I thought, okay, well, you know, I calculate how late I'm going to be. Well, make things worse. That train pulls out of the station and then just sits there in the middle of nowhere for three solid hours. I finally make my way, you know, down to Cardiff. You know, I don't know. I think the meeting was scheduled for 10, and I think I arrived at 2 or something like that. And immediately when I got there into the company in Cardiff, they said, oh, your wife's on the phone, you know. And so I pick up the phone, and, and she's in tears and beside herself. She said, are you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. And she said, well, we've been watching the news. And, and she said, and we've just learned that the third worst train crash happened in London this morning on the train you were supposed to be on at Clapham Junction. That was the 718 to Waterloo. And uh, the signals failed. It was a real cold day. And three chains came together and crashed. And, and I was like, oh. So it was all, even at the company. They had the news going on and they were lining the bodies up on the white snowy banks and the blood was showing on the snow as they were lining them up there. It was really dramatic. See, she was an azer to me. She was a help to me. She was surrounding me in prayer and that's why I missed the train. Praise God. And I'm never going to complain about that. (laughs) Stress out. But you see, so God says, I have to make a person here that's going to help his backside, that's going to help him, that's going to surround him, that's going to protect him, that's going to be where he's not going to be all the time. And that's what I'm going to make, and that's going to be the word help. That's Azer. And then the other word, meet for him, is the word nagad, and so that's another Hebrew word, and it means in front of, or as an opposite to, as you said, or as a counterpart to, or a mate to. In other words, it has several, it, has, it does have that connotation, by the way, uh, that word does have the connotation that men are from Mars and Venus are from, women are from Venus. It does have that idea. It also does have the idea, I think it does, in verse 20, like I told you before, verse 20 could be read, there was not a found a person to argue with Adam. And so it has that, it kind of has that idea a little bit. It's not far from it, but it's the, it's the idea that your helper will bring to the table certain things that you lack, a different perspective. It'll be like a, a different part of the puzzle piece that will come together with you and then it'll be complete. She's exactly what you need. In other words, this, this, this word connotates as prescribed by God, your missing parts will come together like that. That's why the verse in um, Matthew 19.6, turn if you would please to that. Here, it says here in Matthew 19.6, speaking about marriage, actually issue has come up about divorce. In verse 3, the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to put away or divorce his wife for any, every cause, anything? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them, created them, formed them, male and female? So it's the idea here that this is God's realm, the marriage is marriage and the union of a man and woman is God's realm, and he made them different, male and female. That's the idea there. Then he says, uh, And for this cause shall a man leave his mother and cleave to his wife. They too shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they're no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God 
has joined together, let not man put asunder. See? So first what we notice here is that what we see when we look at a verse like this is that we understand that this was a created, this was an institution that is from God, marriage, that it was, that God created the two individuals different, and it's very personal. He's not calling, when he's addressing man here in uh, Genesis 2, he's not calling him Ish, he's not calling him man, he's calling him Adam, Adam, his personal name. He's brought together this person with this person. And so it's what God has joined together. It's like Pastor Jim always used to say. He said, Pastor Jim says, God knows which lid fits which pot. Isn't that good? (laughs) He knows which lid fits which pot. But so so God is in this business of joining together. And who is identified as the one who is trying to tear it apart? Man. What God has joined together, let not man break it apart. So the first thing God does in preparation for this, uh, this union, this marriage here, is that he makes man feel the need. We talked about that last week. He, 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 he ha- it's almost like God has to wake up in Adam this need. And so he says in verse 18, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate. But before he makes the woman, he goes and, and does his verse 19 through 20 where uh, he, he makes the animals and brings them to Adam. So he put Adam in a real lonesome situation. He had to see and name all the little happy pairs of animals. And this creates or wakes up in Adam this long for the woman. When, and that's expressed, as we said, when it says, for Adam there was not found to help meet for him. So that was his, his yearning. It was his yearning. Why did he do that? Because he wanted Adam in their relationship to go back to the memories or to be able to remember what it was like, the loneliness of it all. You know, the Lord does that with us as well. In Ephesians 2.11, he says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. And, and he goes on, he says, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers and so forth. And then he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made near, made nigh by the blood of Christ. So you see, the operation of memory is very important for God. So he wants us to never forget where we came from in terms of our salvation. And he also, for Adam, wants him to always remember what it was like without her. So many couples let their differences get out of control and break up their marriages because they just don't let love prevail. You know, it says there in 1 Peter 4, 8, love will cover a multitude of sins. Sometimes the multitude's bigger than others, but nevertheless, <laughs> love is gonna, says it'll cover them all. So God, first of all, puts Adam into a deep sleep. But God is a sculpture. And it's just like a sculpture who might have like a curtain in front of his great work. And he has to get it all ready. And you know, the sculpture loves for that moment when he can grab the curtain and throw it all back and say, look at that. And that's what God did. 
And so what happens here in verse 22 when it says, and he brought her unto the man. You can picture God saying, now look at this, Adam, you know, and, and uh, he hand delivers it to Adam, you know. And so, and what's the first thing that Adam said when he saw Eve in verse 23? Our friend who got married, we played a practical joke on him when he was going to kneel at the altar. We wrote on the bottom of his shoes, oh boy. And so, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he said, wow, she's like me. What could be better, right? And so he said, she's bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, right? You could picture him dancing around. Maybe he sang that. Maybe this is the first song in the Bible that, that Adam was dancing. Dancing around. He was so happy. So he calls her woman or Isha because she was taken from man. And the first thing he did in verse 23, he recognizes that she's just like him. And then what does he do? He calls her woman. He names her. He names her. Who named Eve? So God named Adam and Adam named the woman. Adam, when he named, and Adam named the animals. And Adam, when he named the animals, took responsibility for the animals. So he names them. They're like under his care. So when Adam names Eve, he like takes responsibility for Eve. She's under his care. And he takes responsibility to lead her, to show her by love. You see, that's why it's so important when you see that verse, Ephesians 5, 28 through 29. So ought men to love their own wives, how? As their own bodies. What did Adam see? That's my bone. That's my flesh. She's she's my bone. She's my flesh. And I love her. And this is what Ephesians is saying. You love as your own bodies. No man ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherishes even the Lord the church. And so as Adam saw Eve as himself, he could love her. So much divorce happens today because what is divorce? Divorce is a severing. A severing of that concept, of that vision. No, not a part of me anymore. And so that's why it's called the putting away. The putting away. He does this. He leads her. He leads her by example of his love. Oh, it's like the way Eisenhower used to talk about leading. Eisen, President Eisenhower he used to put a string on the, on the table. And he says, watch. And he would take the string and pull it along. He says, this is how you lead men. He says, you lead people will follow you. He says, now look. He says, and then he tried to push the string. It doesn't go anywhere. He says, you can't lead by pushing. Now, she takes on his name. Adam become, I mean, Eve becomes Mrs. Adam. Right? And so she, well, she didn't have another name to drop, you know, but that's what happens. You, you drop the family name, unless you come from Mexico, and then you just add it to the 42 other names that you carry along. But anyway, uh, and she stands there in Psalm 45.10 when it speaks about, it says, Hearken, O daughter, and consider and incline thine ear. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. See, there is a leaving in order to cleave. He takes possession of her. Adam took possession of him. And we know this makes God very, very happy because he hates divorce. In Malachi 2.16, it says, The Lord God of Israel say that he hates putting away. And he calls divorce dealing treacherously. Treacherously. All right, now there's this fundamental law of marriage here in verse 24 of the leaving and the cleaving. In verse 24, it's interesting that it's not the woman who is said to have to leave the father and the mother. Who is? Well, it's obvious. There's only two. It's the man, right? It's not a democracy. We're talking about a leadership in the terms of the man. How could it be a democracy? There's only two votes. You can't have a democracy with two votes. You have a stalemate. But the man takes this special commitment to leave his family. And there's a social part and there's a physical part. The leave is the social part. That's like the social announcement of the marriage or the social commitment that a man has left his father and his mother for his wife. 
And then there's the physical part. Cleave from the Hebrew word debak means to cling to. It also means to chase down, but I don't want to go there. And so this is what's, this is referring to sex. Sex is good. Sex is not spelled S-I-N. Sex is good. It's a physical act of marriage. Came from God. It's, a, it's not mentioned first in the context of procreation, making babies. It's mentioned here first in the context of becoming one, of the celebration of a partnership of the, for the pleasure of man and wife. So you can think about that and, and why, why contraception is not sinful. So to have this physical union without the social part, without the social commitment, that's sin. That's fornication. But there's a new union which is described here, an echad, an echadness, this oneness that's a picture of God, where a man freely chooses his wife, where the woman freely chooses her husband, and they together have this relationship of loyalty, of affection, of dependence on each other, and it's no more that relationship between the father and the mother, but this is the more important, even surpassing the relationship of the parents to the children. And God's at the center of all this. And this is God's idea. God's idea is a monogamous life. Every time you see in the Bible polygamy, whether it's with Abraham or Jacob or Manoah or David or Solomon, you see trouble. Because this was not God's idea. And let me give you a quote. To not see marriage as a divine institution as it is here, is to open the door to divorce, adultery, polygamy, and various kinds of live-in and trial marriage arrangements. You know who said that? Very important. I said that. (laughs) I did. 30 years ago, January 31st, 1982, standing right here, last time I taught this passage here. That was what I said. I wrote it down. To not see marriage as a divine institution is to hear open the door. Now look what I listed. Divorce, adultery, polygamy, various kinds of living and trial marriage arrangements. Is it a little outdated? What's missing from the list? I didn't say homosexuality. Why? Because no one ever thought, talked about homosexuality 30 years ago. That was a closet sin. Homosexuals are coming out of the closets. Christians are going back into the closets, taking their place. It's an abom- it was an abomination. It is an abomination. Homosexuality is so shameful, and yet it is so an offense to God. It's against God. Marriage is God's idea. Marriage is not man's idea. It was God who said that one woman, one man make up a marriage. And this is not the Republicans' idea. This is not the idea of the right. This is not the idea of the conservatives. It's not any man's idea. It's God's idea. Marriage between one man and one, one woman. So if man had devised marriage for the good of society as a social institution, then he could change it. He could change it if that's what he wanted to do. It's incredible that last week President Obama came out and stated that he was going to go on record as the first president to support homosexual marriages. Now, he, I didn't even understand why he did that. He didn't have to do that. Politically, he had all the votes of that group of people, of the, of the homosexuals. So why did he do that? Because to support homosexual marriages is to be against God. And when he did that, he made the election coming up very, very clear, not really to be about choosing or not choosing Obama, but the election is now very clear to be about choosing or not choosing to be against God. That's the issue now. 
All right, so what have we seen in Genesis 2? Genesis 2 are a series of relationships. The first and most important is the upward relationship between God and man. That gives man his inner life, brings him a sense of satisfaction, fulfillment, purpose. Second relationship, the horizontal between man and a wife. That brings a completeness, a help as they both are for each other. And the third one, the downward between man and animals. That's a relationship of kindness to animals where they serve man. When all of these relationships are working harmoniously as they should, that is a state which is called in the Bible the state of shalom. That's what shalom means. Shalom does not just the absence of wars and the absence of conflicts. It's a state of, it's describing a state of harmonious relationships between man and the Lord Jesus Christ, between man and his wife, between man and the animals and so forth. And we're going to see how the ne- in the next chapter, sin destroys each one of those relationships one by one and brings the state of no shalom. But the Lord Jesus Christ, thank God, is called in Isaiah 9-6, the Prince of Shalom, the Prince of Peace. He's called that because he alone is able to restore that state of shalom that sin has destroyed. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, not only recording for us what happened in the great destruction, but also for intervening and for being the great restorer. Help us, Lord, to have the confidence to come to you, to yield ourselves to you every day, that you might, Lord, bring to us back what sin has destroyed. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now make sure you join Tom Cantor on Facebook for his daily devotional verse or sign up for it at friendshipwithgod.org. It'll come to your phone or email or available on Facebook Monday through Friday. Just a small short commentary. Now again, this is our last day for our resource, 18-day Calvary CPR from Tom Cantor, conversational prayer reading or Bible breathing. Tom Cantor will teach you all about that in this wonderful book, available for a $10 or more donation. It's our last time we're going to offer this Calvary 18-day CPR Call us at 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Calvary 18-Day CPR from Tom Cantor for a donation of $10 or more or go online to friendshipwithgod.org.